Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, let's see here. Today is... Uh... Sunday, it's 7 February 2021, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week, and we got some visitors here. We got uh, somebody that was here a, a year and a half or so ago, and it's Harry from New Jersey. It's good to have you back, sir, and uh, I hope your stay in Florida will be blessed. He uh, has got family that lives here in three different locations, and so he'll be traveling from family member to family member, and uh, just hope that uh, I can tell you, I got a uh, email from my friends uh, Jim and E. Jen this morning there in Virginia, which is close to New Jersey. And they, yeah, well, I don't know. It's up there somewhere, but um, <laughs> it was just covered in snow. And I told him, I said, you're in a much better place right now. I can assure you of that. So uh, thank you for making the effort. And then we have, this is, this is really special here. We've got uh, Mark and Matt and Jose. Jose is from Abilene, Texas. Um, I want to say it's Matt that's from uh, Dallas. Is that right? Okay. And then Mark lives here in Sarasota. Um, Jose, can I say uh, about uh, what we talked about, your up upbringing? He was actually brought up in with the drug cartels, and he met the Lord, and he, is in, he started what is known as Jesus Crew Ministry. And the name came from the name of the drug cartel that was in the area that he was in. He just amended it instead of whatever crew. I can't remember the name of that, but he amended it to Jesus Crew. And these gentlemen go to all of the Super Bowls, and they evangelize people. And they've already been doing this yesterday. Apparently, people are already gathering for this big, awesome event and whatever. And, and uh, they'll be there again today after this. And uh, I, I tell you, I just, I was riveted listening to them talk about what they do. So very wonderful. And uh, I just thank you for making the effort of coming here and joining us because uh, it's really special to have them here. And he started that ministry the year that I joined the United States Air Force, which was 1984. So he's been plugging along at this for a long time. And then Matt, who is from Dallas, uh, met him in Texas. He was speaking at his high school. Is that right? And uh, then he uh, decided he wanted to do what uh, Jose's doing. And so he's been joining him all these years as well. And they're out evangelizing people. It's wonderful. I, just very wonderful. So that's good stuff. And then finally, we got Russell, who I introduced a couple weeks ago. Where are we? They're right in front of me. And uh, he's been here. He's been going to the projects with us on Saturdays. And he is now leaving to go back to Delaware tomorrow. And so you'll be getting all that snow that we were talking about up in that area. Thanks and. It's been really wonderful having you here. We appreciate you especially coming to the projects and sharing with us. And uh, he's talking about maybe coming next year. He, you're, He's a driver, so he can do work anywhere. And so next year he knows the logistics and he can lay things out a little bit differently and he can stay longer if he wants and won't have to put up with any snow at all if he doesn't want to. So good stuff there. And then there's one more thing that I need to announce before we get into the update is that I didn't realize this until I got a letter from uh, the Marcus family this week, and they said that little Eugene, who draws me pictures when they write me letters, uh, it was his birthday on the 31st of January. And so for Eugene, I want to blow the trumpet. All right, so we'll do that for him. All right, that's for you, Eugene. 
Good job. All right. So uh, let's see here. We got our first category, as always, is Israel. And from the Jerusalem Post, Israel leads the world in time spent in anybody? Lockdown. Lockdown. Coronavirus lockdown. Yes, Israel leading the world in coronavirus vaccinations is also the leader in amount of time spent in coronavirus lockdowns, as well as among the highest ranking in the stringency of its response to the pandemic. The country scored 86.28, higher than any other country, on the Containment and Health Index developed by the Oxford Coronavirus Government Response Tracker Project. Yes, they've got something called that. The index is based on school closures, workplace closures, cancellation of public events, restrictions of public gatherings, closures of public transportation, stay-at-home requirements, public information campaigns, restrictions on internal movements, international travel controls, testing policy, the extent of contact tracing, the requirements to wear face coverings, and policies pertaining to vaccine rollout. The highest score possible is 100. They're right below that with the higher scores indicating stricter responses. The country with the next highest index is Cyprus at 84.49. Tourism Minister Orit Farkash Hakohen expressed outrage that Israel has been in lockdown for 139 days since the beginning of the pandemic, longer than any other country. By comparison, Germany, who had all their problems and all of their lockdowns, has been in lockdown for a total of only 88 days. Uh, I think Sarasota, Florida was in lockdown for about 32 minutes, and then we were out of that. But uh, the UK for 79 days and Spain for 67 days. And I can tell you, I, my heart breaks for my friends that are in the UK because it seems like they're in a constant lockdown. It's half, half of what is going on in Israel. And as I said, you know, it's a socialist country. We got friends that live there and uh, they openly admit that uh, taxes are high. And, uh, you know, they're, I am absolutely certain that they are doing this to completely wipe out the private sector. The government wants to run everything and they're going to do that. They're, they're, I've got some articles that maybe we'll talk about next week that I saw this morning, thinks that they are just drumming out of business, literally. Well, the public sector is being funded. They're sending people money, you know, so that they can continue doing the things they do. While the private sector, who is always a problem, you know, if you're in America and you homeschool, of course, you're the problem. In the liberal schools, they uh, don't like homeschooling because the numbers are always higher with the homeschoolers, much higher. You get the public school education is about, we'll say, down here. And then you get the private school education might be about right here. And the homeschooling, is way up here, highest in the nation all the time in all of the disciplines. And so, you know, the liberal people don't like that. And I can see that this is probably a part of what's going on in Israel. So they're trying to get all of this out so that the government has control. And I'm not against the government in Israel. I'm not against Israel as a nation. Obviously, I love the people and they're my last prayer every single night. But they are the ones that are leading the world in these type of things. And that's evident from the book of Revelation. And, you know, it, they are going to enter the tribulation period because they are not, they've never called on the Lord. And until they do, they are going to go through these terrible times. And the book of Zechariah says that two-thirds of the people of Israel are going to die before that is over. But someday they will call on the Lord. And uh, Jesus said with his own mouth when he's coming, he said right with his own mouth, that he will return when they call on him. But you, Jerusalem, meaning the seat of power, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, 
uh, who is, you know, stoned the prophets. How I've longed to gather you as a hen gathers its chick under her wings, but you would not let me. And behold, I tell you, you will not see me again until you, Jerusalem, the seat of power, says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And until that happens, they're going to continue to go through these bad times, trying to do things apart from the Lord. So there you go. That's my take on that, at least, from the Times of Israel. Israeli envoy reopens Morocco liaison office after 20 years. Once again, this would not have come about without our previous president, who I miss. Israel's charged affairs to Morocco arrived in the capital city of Rabat 20 years after Israel closed its liaison office in the North African country. Israel's liaison office in Rabat had been closed down in late 2000 when Morocco decided to call off the existing low-level ties between the two countries with the outbreak of the Second Intifada. Though the country's liaison offices were closed some 20 years ago, the properties remained in their respective possessions allowing Jerusalem and Rabat to rapidly reopen them. About 3,000 Jews remain in Morocco, and the Casablanca community is one of the country's most active. Israel, uh, meanwhile, is home to 700,000 Jews of Moroccan descent. So there's a big population of them there, 3,000 only left in Morocco, but you can see that that'll be, make for great ties between the countries once these things are all stabilized. You know, one more thing about um, our friend Jose and Matt that are uh, here visiting from Texas is they went, what was it, last year you said or two years ago, they went on the walk from Jericho to Jerusalem. And so they went on the same walk I did and they watched the uh, video by Sergio and Rhoda. And so I think that's how you found out about the church. Is that right? Did I get that right? Okay. So it's a real fun walk. If you ever get, if they ever come out of lockdown and you get to Israel, Try that walk. It'll take you a couple days, but it is a really wonderful experience. And the uh, scenery, as you're looking out into the barren desert, is really beautiful. So uh, hats off to them, because I know what it's like to go there and uh, do that walk. It's all uphill from Jericho to Jerusalem, and it's, it's tiring, especially when you're 56 years old. Or I guess I was 55 at the time. But let's see here. And for a guy, you know, my major walking consists of me walking from my desk out to the uh, mailbox and then back to the house and that's about all the walking I do we do do it on the projects on Saturday but yes uh, we found lots he won yesterday Ron won the penny contest yesterday yeah oh boy okay our next article Times of Israel Israel's incredible shrinking cars I don't know if you've heard of this this is a very cool concept heads to the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange has anybody heard of the shrinking cars in Israel Listen to this. City Transformer, the Israeli company behind a car that can shrink in size to squeeze into parking spots, uh, announced that it is heading to the TASE at the beginning of March. TASE is the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange, in case you don't know that. Its CT1 electric car is 2.49 meters long and 1.4 meters wide, but can contract its wheelbase down to just one meter wide for easy parking or maneuvering through traffic. Inside, there's room for a driver, another adult, sitting in tandem. Alternatively, the passenger seat can take two children. The cabin does not shrink or change in shape as the wheelbase narrows. 
the vehicle runs up to 28 miles an hour in its narrow mode and up to 60 miles per hour when wide. So it's just like being a regular car almost. It remains a static length and can go 62 to 93 miles on a single charge. So that's kind of a neat idea. So, you know, over there parking, like when I was in Japan, I can tell you in Japan, parking is a premium. But, you know, you, you got to really know how to pull into some of these parking spaces. Well, if the wheelbase contracts, you can just whip right in. I mean, there's no problem with it at all. So cool concept, and we'll see how that goes. Times of Israel, new U.S. Defense Secretary, I hope this is true, speaks to Gantz, who is the um, Defense Secretary over in Israel. He vows to uphold Israel's military edge. We'll see if they actually do that. Uh, it's always been the policy of the United States. It is a written policy. They have to take everything into consideration when it comes to Israel, and they vow that they will not let Israel lose its military edge, but I uh, don't have much hope in our current administration, so we'll just have to see if it happens or not. From Zero Hedge, Israelis say they will attack Iran if Biden returns to the nuclear deal. They say they're going to do it. Israeli officials have made their opposition to the Biden administration returning to the Iran nuclear deal known. Some have even threatened a military strike on Iran if Biden revives the deal. Israel needs to know and fast whether Washington plans to stop Iran's race to the bomb or take some action to do this, the source said, speaking on the condition of anonymity. The source said that Israeli intel is monitoring Iran's nuclear facilities closely. Israeli airstrikes on Syria were also mentioned, which have ramped up in recent months. The pressure will continue to grow as a preparation for a direct attack on targets in Iran. Earlier this month, Saki Hanegbi, an Israeli minister from the Likud party, made the most direct public threat against Iran. Hanegbi said that if the U.S. returns to the JCPOA, that Israel will again be alone against Iran and will attack Iran's nuclear program. So keep that in mind, is that uh, times are tense. You know, Biden has been waffling on his statements before becoming a president, and it looks like he may not do this, but every week is a new development as the guy changes his mind about one thing or another. The good thing about our previous president is if he said he was going to do something, he did it. Anyway, from Christian News Today, Brandon Graydon said he has finished every single Sunday sermon that I have ever done, every one of them, okay? He started in November of 2019. It's taken him over a year to do it. He's gone through, that means he's gone through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, uh, Numbers. He's in Deuteronomy with us. He also has seen the uh, Jonah, the Ruth, and the Esther sermons, which I plugged in between the bigger books to kind of give you a break from the law. And then he also has watched the Doctrine series a couple times, I think is what he said. And then he says, I'm going to be listening to the Thursday night studies. Also, I'd like to congratulate him. He just, uh, he's expecting his first baby with his wife, Natsumi. And so I want to give them a congratulations on that. And then one other person that should make a lot of you people in this church jealous is sitting right over on the, uh, my right side, your left side, is Claudia, who started attending here just a very short time ago. And in that short amount of time, she has listened to every single Genesis sermon. That's over 130 sermons in like a month. And now she's, she uh, said, I'm going to take a week off and I'm going to start listening to the Exodus sermons. And she came in today and she said, I couldn't wait. I just, I had to start. So she's in Exodus now. So uh, if you weren't attending the church at the time and you want some theology from Genesis and Exodus and Numbers and, 
and uh, oh, Leviticus, I skipped right over that, you will find that every single line of this word points to Jesus Christ. Every single line. It is all about him, and it's all right there for you to peruse. Okay, um, enough shaming for you now. We'll get into some articles. LifeSite Ministry. Baptist minister thanks Joe Biden for funding Planned Parenthood. What? Calls abortion a sacred decision. A Baptist minister who works as an abortion activist praised President Biden this week for forcing American taxpayers to fund Planned Parenthood and other abortion groups. The Reverend Katie Zay. That tells you all you need to know, so we'll go on to another article. From the Christian Institute, LGBT activists demand sacking of NI Education Advisor. This is over in the UK for sharing Christian man's testimony. All he did was share a person's testimony, and they're going ballistic over it. LGBT activists are calling on the Northern Ireland Education Authority to sack a board member after he shared an article of a gay man's conversion. Okay, he converted to Christianity, and they're upset about it. Former DUP minister Nelson McCausland shared the testimony of Beckett Cook, a former Hollywood set designer who lived a homosexual lifestyle until he encountered Jesus. Critics accused Mr. McCausland of promoting conversion therapy practices for simply sharing a post. Although nowhere in Cook's interview with the Gospel Coalition does he mention having undergone any such therapy, even saying attempting to force someone to change their sexuality should not happen. So the article that he posted said the guy doesn't even agree with conversion therapy, and yet they're, they want him banned. In the article, Cook explains, I had done everything in Hollywood, met everyone, traveled everywhere. Yes, I was overwhelmed with emptiness. A few months after his is that all there is moment, he came across a Bible study group in a Los Angeles coffee shop. Fully aware that the church took the biblical view that homosexuality is a sin. Yes, I saw her sneak in. My mother just crept in and tried to hide under the chairs, but we love you, Susan Garrett. Um, let's see here. Oh, yes, is homosexuality a sin? He agreed to attend a service and says his whole view of religion was turned upside down. After receiving prayer and believing in Jesus as Lord and Savior, he was discipled by the pastor and other Christians and has put his previous homosexual lifestyle behind him. Cook admits that he still experiences same-sex temptation, but adds it has greatly diminished and no longer dominates my thought like it did before God saved me. Nelson McCausland shared the story on Facebook with the comment, a powerful testimony of a life changed by God and some important insights into the whole gay movement from someone who has been there. That's all he said. The post prompted an outcry from these activists and a petition calling for McCausland to be removed from the education authority. One counselor tweeted, conversion therapy is abuse. Targeting conversion therapy at young people is child abuse. There can be no excuse or conscientious objection. It is inconceivable that a board member of the NI Education Authority can advocate for conversion therapy. Nelson McCausland must resign. Mr. McCausland has denied that the article he posted was related to gay conversion therapy and said those calling for him to resign must have misread or misunderstood. His response has been echoed by Cook himself, who told the newsletter, I have no idea what this is about, but I have never had conversion therapy, nor would I, he added. I am happy to be single and celibate. Simon Calvert, Deputy Director for Public Affairs at the Christian Institute, commented, Government ministers who support banning conversion therapy need to realize that what activists have in mind is not just stopping inhumane pseudo-medical quackery. 
They want to make it illegal to share the gospel with a gay person, and that is exactly what is going on here. There's a reason they picked the term conversion therapy. It's not therapy, but Christian conversion they are out to get. And that is exactly the case, is that they are coming against Christianity. They are coming against anything that would say, we have something that the Lord of all creation, of all human beings, has done for you to bring you back to himself. And it doesn't matter if it's a homosexual lifestyle. It doesn't matter if it's drugs. It doesn't matter what it is. One sin separates you from God. One sin. And if you've broken one part of the law, the whole law is broken, the Bible says. And guess what? When I say one sin separates you from your God, that is because you were born in sin. You, you inherited it from your first father, Adam. He got it. He passed it down to his next children and his next children and his next children. That's what the Bible teaches, that it is spread to all people. And so what we need isn't to worry about this kind of stuff. What we need is Jesus to get us out of that. All right? From CBN, church leaders in Scotland take legal action against the government, good, for outlawing criminalizing public worship. A group of Scottish church leaders, I'm glad they're doing this, is pursuing legal action against the Scottish minister's decision to close churches and outlaw public worship during the current COVID lockdown. Restrictions set forth by First Minister Nicola Sturgeon on January 8th made it a criminal offense in the highest level for churches to meet in person, even to perform a baptism. They explain that closing churches violates the European Convention of Human Rights Law and the Scottish Constitution. Additionally, the emotional and spiritual needs within the congregation and community cannot be addressed if these restrictions remain in effect. According to Christian Legal Center, Scotland hasn't attempted to close churches since the 17th century during the persecution of the Presbyterian Church. Now church officials are asking for houses of worship in Scotland to remain open so people can attend services and events without fear of prosecution. Mideast in Africa today from the Jerusalem Post. Very important article. Turkey seeks to cement Iran alliance. I've been talking about this for years and we're seeing it more and more every single week. In a sign of its increasing desire to work closely with Tehran against U.S. interests in the Middle East, Turkey hosted Iran's foreign minister, Zarif, in Ankara. The meeting illustrated that Turkey's recent push for Azerbaijan to fight Armenians in the Caucasus will likely end up with Ankara, Moscow, and Tehran cooperating in that region to carve it up into spheres of influence. Funny that all three of those countries are highlighted as coming against Israel in Gog Magog in Ezekiel 38. Like it, and it goes on into spheres of influence like in Syria... And Libya, once again, more countries named in this coming battle. Fueled by the Trump admins having cl worked closely with President Erdogan, Ankara has pivoted in the last several years to engage with Russia and Iran. This appears counterintuitive because Washington wanted to work with Turkey and even gave it a greater role in Syria. But Ankara's goal was to use the blank check it had from the Trump admin to move away from NATO, something we've reported on month after month, into the orbit of Moscow and Tehran in order to partition areas of the Middle East and remove the U.S. and the European Union. Turkey has well-oiled pro-government media machine and lobby that works to tell one story to Iran hawks in Washington and another to regional media. For instance, Turkey has been pushing a media narrative that it wants reconciliation with Israel and could sideline Hamas, which has a red carpet in Ankara. 
In reality, however, Turkey and Iran both back Hamas, and Zarif's visit to Ankara was symbolic of the Turkey-Iran alliance. Ankara has pushed for Washington to return to the Iran deal. Turkey told the Trump admin that it was a bulwark against Iran and Russia, but secretly it always supported the Iran deal and opposed the Trump admin's tough talk on Tehran. But in order to receive key support from the United States State Department, Turkey was willing to pretend it cared about confronting Iran. Zarif said in Ankara on Friday that both Iran and Turkey have a common stance that stability will be restored to the region only through synergy. That means working together. Turkey and Russia are also opening a coordination center in Karabakh, the Armenian area that Turkey prodded Azerbaijan to retake in September. This illustrates that Russia and Turkey will now work closely in Idlib in Syria, in Libya, and in Azerbaijan, while the United States and Italy appear to be slowing down arms sales to Saudi Arabia. Turkey has bought Russia's S-400 air defense system and is moving closer to Moscow and Tehran in key deals. Turkish media also praised the Iron Silk Road, a new rail line to Baku and then Russia that will carry goods. Turkey is also shipping goods via rail to China. I mean, the Bible is so relevant that you open up the paper today and you read it and it's like see it's fitting the way the bible said that it would fit times of israel iran says it will install 1000 centrifuges at nuclear plant in the next three months iran says it plans to install 1000 centrifuges at the natanz nuclear facility probably going to get nuked by somebody else soon if they continue with this within three months and that its scientists had exceeded previous goals for uranium enrichment, all in violation of the JCPOA. Times of Israel, the UAE, Bahrain, we need unified voice with Israel on Iran's missiles and nukes. Imagine that. A year ago, that would have been, if I read that, people would have laughed and they would have said, you're smoking that stuff that they have out in Oregon. I'm telling you what, it is unbelievable. They want a unified voice with Israel. Israel, exactly the way the Bible says. These nations are not coming against Israel when Gog Magog occurs. Unbelievable. Times of Israel. Blinken. If it further breaks deal, Iran could amass material for nuke in weeks. This is the new Secretary of State, Blinken. He said that Iran was currently months away from being able to produce enough material to build a nuclear weapon. And he said that time frame could be reduced to a matter of weeks if Tehran further violates restrictions agreed to under the 2015 nuclear deal with world powers. Blinken noted it would probably take Iran longer than that to construct an actual nuclear weapon, but the bottom line is they are getting closer to the point where they would be either a threshold nuclear power or actually a nuclear power. And that is profoundly against our interests. I'm glad they actually said that because until he said that, I had no idea what kind of a stand they take. It's still going to be a very weak one. They're going to be doing what the Europeans have been doing for the past three years. And eventually Israel, this is just a guess. I'm not trying to say this is biblical, but it's just a guess. Israel's going to have to go in and take unilateral action, just like they did in Iraq in the 1980s from the Times of Israel. Iran rejects talks after Macron says very short time to stop it getting nuked. So Macron is on the same page as the U.S. with this. Iran warned France to avoid hasty and ill-considered positions after French President Macron was reported to say any nuclear negotiations with Tehran would be very strict. 
and that only a very short time remains to prevent Iran from obtaining nuclear weapons. Once again, we're facing, and this is all because of President Obama, all the, all the effort that he put into allowing this, and then the Trump pulled out, but the Europeans have been trying to stick to this deal, even though they have allowed one breach of the deal after another by Iran, and now we are in a very dire situation in this world, and I'm just Charlie Garrett once again, I have a feeling Israel is going to have to act. And that actually may be the impetus for Gog Magog. I have no idea, but Israel can't let this stand. From the Jerusalem Post, Iran rejects new players and new negotiations of nuclear deal. Iran's foreign minister rejected any new negotiations or changes to the participants in Tehran's nuclear deal with world powers after President Macron said new talks should include Saudi Arabia. And the UAE and Bahrain are siding with Israel and everything is okay in the world, right? Mongolia today from the Hollywood Reporter. Oscars. Not that we care about Oscars here, but Mongolia selects veins of the world for international feature category. Mongolia has picked the drama veins of the world as its official entry for the 2021 Academy Awards in the best international feature category. The film follows Amra an 11-year-old boy living a traditional nomad life on the Mongolian steppe who sees his way of life threatened by the encroachment of international mining companies, which they are everywhere in Mongolia because they're hugely resource-rich. And uh, they are devastating the natural habitat in their search for gold. Amra's father, Erdine, is the leader of the last nomads opposing them. When he dies, his son decides to take up the fight. So... If you watch the movie, let me know, and uh, if it's really good, maybe I'll watch it too. Daniel 12 Technology. Airspace Mag. This is kind of cool, and it's right here in Orlando. A fleet of air taxis is coming to Central Florida by 2025. The city of Orlando has given the go-ahead to the German aviation company Lilium to build a vertiport, a 56,000-square-foot air taxi facility. Not that Orlando needs any more congestion, but they're going to get it. The Lilium has designed a five-seat, fully electric, piloted aircraft that can take off and land vertically and travel up to 186 miles per hour within an hour of being charged. That means if you want to go to Disney World, you don't have to take I-4 anymore. You can call these people, they'll come and get you, and you can fly right there in an hour, go to Disney World, and then come back to Sarasota without all those peons down below. The uh, Vertiport will be located in Lake Nova, a planned community that builds itself as a community of and for the future, and that is seeking to develop a transportation infrastructure that will reduce its reliance on cars. The Lilium Vertiport will serve both Orlando and Tampa. Oh, I said Sarasota, you'll have to drive to Tampa, but that's not a terrible drive, which gives it access to some 20 million potential customers. Lilium is staking its future on aircraft design that it says will be simpler and cheaper to manufacture and maintain than other air vehicles with, listen to this, 1,000 times fewer parts than a traditional jetliner. That's a pretty simple airplane. It uses 36 single-stage electric motors, providing near-instantaneous thrust in almost any direction, negating the need for rudders, ailerons, and a tail. Mail Online. Uh, the title of this just irks me. You know, we're not supposed to, it, it, the House of Representatives, you can't even say if you're a female or a male anymore. You can't use any addresses that are gender-specific. But here we go. 
female physicist. They uh, just say physicist and drop that off, but they added it in. Female physicist invents new fusion rocket that could take the first humans to Mars 10 times faster than space-proven thrusters. It uses magnetic fields to shoot plasma particles out of the rocket. Current space-proven fusion rockets use electric fields to propel the particles. The new design lets scientists tailor the amount of thrust for a mission. So you can get there 10 times faster on this. Mail online. 3D printed bones made of living cells are formed at room temperature for the first time using a special gel that allows doctors to build structures minutes before surgery. You've got a bone that needs to have a graft in it. They can do it right in, right in the operating room now. Scientists have developed 3D printed bone at room temperature with a special ink. The ink contains the patient's living cells along with calcium phosphate. The mixture hardens within minutes of mixing with bodily fluids. It then converts into mechanically interlocking bone nanocrystals. Revelation plagues today from the New York Post. Two million Australians in lockdown after one COVID-19 case found. This was late last week. About two million Australians began their first full day of strict coronavirus lockdown this past Monday, following the discovery of one case in the community in Perth, capital of Western Australia state. But no new cases have since been found. One person, two million people are hemmed in. Authorities ordered a five-day lockdown after a security guard at a hotel used to quarantine people returning from overseas was found to have contracted the virus. And here we are in Sarasota. Zero Hedge. Medical tyranny. CDC announces all travelers must wear two masks, threatens arrest. What? Yes. L.A. County has decided that bars and restaurants can reopen for outdoor dining only starting on Friday, but there are new draconian restrictions that will kill even more businesses in the end. One of the new restrictions involves TVs. There will be no viewing TVs in outdoor dining areas. What? With Yeah. This is, no, this is in L.A. County. It's mixed in. They mixed in two thoughts into one article. Um, with the Super Bowl coming up, which is today, county health officials are worried that having the ability to watch the game at a bar would lead to super spreader event for the coronavirus. Yeah. Super Bowl watch parties are an American tradition, and the Super Bowl is one of the biggest days all year for bars and restaurants. So we're just going to push them out a bit. You know, anywhere you've got liberal governments, this is what you're seeing. They do not want independent private businesses and industry. They don't want it. And so what do they do? They keep all of the things going that they're funding and everybody else goes out of business so that they can take over that infrastructure. This is what, it's what's happening in Israel. It's what's happening in every liberal state that we have in this nation and around the world. Anyway, um, the, Super Bowl the what? Today, when you watch the Super Bowl today. I won't watch the Super Bowl today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're going to have cardboard people in the Super Bowl because, yeah, exactly. That's what they want us to be is cardboard people. But I won't be watching it. I'll be in bed by the time that starts. Anyway, preventing watch parties may be the coup de grace for some businesses. Okay? Zero Hedge. A week after saying wear two masks, Fauci says it won't make a difference. So he's changed his mind so many times. You don't, you will be in trouble in this nation no matter what you do because of him opening his mouth. He changes his mind and this is still policy and now this is policy. You don't know what to do. And so somebody can come up now to you and they can give you a $1,500 fine on public transportation if you're not wearing a mask or as it said, there are two masks or you don't know anymore.
People are living in confusion, and this is intentional. I have no doubt about it. Less than one week after advising Americans that wearing two or even three masks would be more effective against the spread of coronavirus, Dr. Fauci has done a complete 180 again and admitted that there is no data to suggest it will make any difference. After Fauci made the comments last week, the media began to push the idea that two masks wasn't enough and that people needed to wear three or even four masks. However, during an interview at the weekend, Fauci completely contradicted his own comments from the previous week. So nobody knows what to do in this nation. So move to Sarasota, Florida and just don't wear a mask. It's that simple. No, no, but I'm done with that conversation. I, I do not wear a mask. I'm sorry. The blaze. Top infectious diseases expert says double masking may actually increase COVID infection, may do more harm. So once again, from CBS, use noisemakers. Consider an outdoor project. CDC urges safe, physically distant Super Bowl watch parties. So you're supposed to sit there and do one of these things instead of cheering your team. CDC, this is from the CDC. CDC warns football fans not to cheer sing or shout during Super Bowl parties to stop the spread of COVID as cities put tight restrictions on fans planning to watch the game. That came right from the CDC. Zero Hedge. UK COVID cops threatened 200 pound fines for people having snowball fights. Yes, police in the United Kingdom enforcing coronavirus lockdown restrictions are threatening people with 200 pound fines if they engage in snowball fights or sledging. And then from Mail Online, just the opposite side, hundreds of people ignore social distancing for huge snowball fight on the DC Mall. So you got the UK giving out fines and people doing what they want on the DC Mall. Morality today, yes, it's that bad. This world has gone completely bonkers. From the Christian Post, BBC removes video that teaches children there are over 100 genders after backlash from parents. Yeah, they took it down. The BBC has removed a controversial video that taught children between the ages of 9 and 12 that there are more than 100 gender identities after parents objected to the educational, they call it educational content. We are aware that this particular film is being willfully misinterpreted by parts of the media and others on social media. As such, its original purpose and intention has been overshadowed. On this basis, we have made the decision to retire the film. Where's the science? Yeah, where's the science? From the Christian Institute, Scottish teachers reporting non-trans affirming parents to social services. If you say in Scotland that you're a parent and you tell your children, we do not support this agenda, they will report you to social services and they'll take your children away. Christian Post, Twitter suspends Christian magazine for saying Biden's trans nominee is a man, not a woman. Zero Hedge, Texas University tells students to wear masks during, and I cannot finish the title. It's that disgusting. It's not what you think it is, probably. I'll read it again. You can go type it in your own search engine. Texas University tells students to wear masks during, blank, blank, blank. And I'm not going to read it. But I wanted you to know that there are people that are actually teaching this in colleges out there. Texas, Texas. Okay, Epic Times. Biden lifts ban on U.S. funding for foreign pro-abortion nonprofits. So what Trump had overturned and said we're no longer going to uh, fund overseas abortion, he immediately went in and with the stroke of a pen is killing children all around the world at U.S. taxpayer expense. Breitbart, 
Secretary of State Blinken orders LG orders LGBT flags flown at U.S. embassies will name special envoy for gay rights. What? Ordering it. Yeah. Our other category. Does anybody know about the TPO magazine? Treatment plant operator. Okay, this, this month, this month, technology deep dive, quick filament identification. You want to identify filaments quickly? You can learn from TPO Magazine, okay? Why do I get TPO Magazine? Does anybody know? Because I am a certified wastewater and water treatment operator in the state of Florida. And that can be used in almost every country around the world, by the way. And we have reciprocity with most of the United States. Having said that, this week, on the 1st of February... I was probably the first person in the state of Florida to once again get my wastewater and wastewater licenses. Okay, most people won't even bother with it for another five months and they'll be on the last minute because that's how people are. I did my courses months and months ago and I did a uh, email that said, Charlie, on the 1st of February, pay your things. And guess what I got in the mail just a day ago? Yes, I got my, my certificates of wastewater treatment plan operating. Why do I do that? Yes, thank you, thank you. The reason why I do that is because we never know what's going to happen in life. And it's, you know, uh, Solomon says, put your hand to one thing and put your hand to another. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I know I'm misquoting that completely, but you never know what's going to happen in life. And I love preaching. I never want to do anything but preach as long as I live, but we don't know what's coming. And so for another two years, I can treat your wastewater or give you potable water. Hey, listen, I said this on Facebook and the diversity of, of, of comments was astonishing. But I'm going to tell you something right now. If you were buying bottled water, you're wasting your money, okay? You are wasting your money. I know everybody had every reason in the world why they must buy bottled water. But listen, I know water treatment, okay? What you get out of your tap is just fine, okay? Anyway, I've said don't, no argument. I don't want to discuss it. I'm just telling you, I am the certified water treatment operator. You are not, okay? Zero hedge. Virginia Task Force drops gang database after complaints it has, anybody? I'll read it again. Virginia Task Force drops gang database after complaints it has too many minorities in it. Oh. Yeah. Oh my yeah. The Northern Virginia Regional Gang Task Force would stop using the GangNet database that catalogs thousands of members of gangs and gang-affiliated persons in the D.C. metropolitan area over complaints that the database includes a disproportionate number of minorities. My wife could be on it. I don't know. The database is widely used by more than 120 law enforcement agencies in the greater D.C. area that includes densely populated counties in both Maryland and Virginia. GangNet had been in use for about 10 years and has about 7,800 gang members. Oh, she's not a gang member, so she is a minority, but she's not a gang member in its database. The database is used for intelligence purposes and can't be used for the basis of probable cause to arrest someone. It's just there for intelligence. Nonetheless, collecting the data about any crimes that may involve a disproportional number of minorities appeared to be too much for the new neoliberal era in the United States. It may soon appear that the entire concept of ethnic crime can appear to be banned in the United States because it is not tolerant. Isn't the DNC a gang? Yes, they are. He asked yeah. if the DNC is a gang. From American Military News... This is great news for Florida because I've been carrying one of these for years and I've had to pay for it, right? Okay, I may not have to do it anymore. Nine states considering permitless concealed yeah. gun wow. 
carry bills. Republican lawmakers in nine, count them kids, nine states are considering bills to change existing gun restrictions by letting people carry concealed weapons without requiring a permit. Following the lead of 15 states that already allowed concealed carry without a permit, legislation aiming to relax the rules has been introduced into Utah, Montana, Tennessee, Texas, South Carolina, Florida, Indiana, Alabama, and Georgia. Good job, folks. WND. FBI says pipe bombs planted the night before the Capitol riots. Okay? Just the news. Growing evidence Capitol assault was planned weakens incitement case against Trump, experts say. Alpha News. 105% increase in shootings, 70% increase in homicides in Minneapolis last year. You get rid of your police force? This is what you get. Dead citizens. Zero Hedge. Democrats introduced bill to massively expand mail-in voting. Oh. Epic Times, Senate Democrats introduced bill to raise national minimum wage to $15 an hour. Epic Times, Senate Democrats reintroduced bill for D.C. statehood. Zero Hedge, FBI lawyer who forged email in Carter Page FISA process. He tried to subvert the government of the United States of America and to entrap a president of the United States of America, he falsified something and what did he get? Probation. Probation. Epic Times. Biden sets a record for a number of executive actions in the first nine days in office. Epic Times. Biden administration order would suspend 85% of all criminal alien deportions. Criminal aliens. Zero hedge. Biden signs executive order to ban the term China virus. You can't say that in any government facility anymore. Yeah. Zero hedge. This is the priority of this guy. Zero hedge. DHS issues new terror advisory on domestic violent extremists who object to presidential transition. If you object to the presidential transition, you're an extremist. The DHS issued a new National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin, or NTAS, for the U.S. Past updated bulletins in more normal times typically mention not being aware of specific or credible threats. Um, let's see, or, or there's often vague warnings of a potential Iranian threat, such as was the case last spring in the wake of the killing of Iranian IRGC General Qassam Soleimani. But the newest DHS posting emphasized the domestic threat of ideologically motivated violent extremists with objections to the presidential transition. All you have to do is object and you are, yeah, you're in trouble for saying that lady. From Fox News, Biden State Department spokeswoman called police largest threat to U.S. national security. This is what she said, and he appointed her anyway. Jelena Porter, who has been named deputy spokesperson for the State Department under Biden, once wrote that the largest threat to the United States national security may be a domestic one. In a 2016 article, Porter wrote that the U.S. cops pose the largest national security threat greater than that of both Russian hackers and ISIS because of killing black Americans. From all Israel, Trump nominated again for the Nobel Prize. Yeah. 
Jaak Madison, a member of the European Parliament, has nominated President Trump for the Nobel Peace Prize. This is the second time Trump has been nominated. Citing Trump's work on the Abraham Accords, Madison made the nomination just hours before the deadline at midnight on January 31st. And he said he wasn't the only one who did. Okay, I got Lesrick here for you. We'll see if you can figure out what he's writing about. For Judd Hirsch and the rest, be aware. Lots of us will take taxi by air. It won't need any gas by itself in a class. It will fly in the sky for what's fair. F-A-R-E, fair. Good job, Les. All right, I've got an irony for you. Just one, and then we'll be done. Breitbart, Black Lives Matter movement nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, this is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.